Yo, 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 this is the podcast Let's Talk More Do. I'm your host, Lamar Griffin, and today we have a very, very special guest. Uh, I am currently diving deep into her book, but I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell you guys all about it. Well, Lamar, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for having me on Let's Talk More Do. I just, I love the the title and, and the talk and, you know, what you dive into. Um, it's just a shifting way of thinking. So, uh, I'm Patty Mara, and the book that Lamar was talking about is Up Solutions, Turning Your Team into Heroes and Customers into Raving Fans. I would say I'm a passionate advocate for independently owned businesses. I believe that it's our local businesses that are, especially the brick and mortars that are the cornerstone of our communities, and really how uh, having healthy local businesses are how our community are going to come out of our current crisis. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Tell my community, because everyone on this podcast, myself included, you know, everyone has goals and, you know, you want to set out to be your own business, be an entrepreneur. Talk to me a little bit about your experience that you have dealing with businesses and and customers and, you know, any advice you would have for someone that's looking to start their own business or, you know, take that next leap of faith to, you know, be be independent and be their own boss. Absolutely. An interesting um, out. Crisis. So I'll back up a little bit because I think right now we're in, for many different reasons, it's almost a golden opportunity to start your own business. Um, in one in one thing, we've been in a crisis for almost two years, and crisis interrupts all patterns, which also has you stop doing things that are no longer productive, but you keep doing them because it's how you know to do it, and gives you an opportunity to create, you know, not only what do you want to do now, but future forward? Where, where do you want to plan for the next five to 10 years? So it, it's an incredible period now. And we've never had the amount of resources for pennies on the dollar to really be able to start a business now. I mean, you know, even 20 years ago, if you wanted to have an online presence, you had to have a server, you had to have, there was just, there was a lot you had to have in place, and now, of course, everything's through the cloud, and you can purchase the components of what you need when you need it. So for resource, access to resources and global talent pools, there's never been a better time um, either to start your business or for brick-and-mortar businesses to figure out what's your hybrid model. What I mean by that is how do you use technology to reach your customers uh, build a better relationship and make it easier for them to interact with your business. So I, I think the, the time is definitely now. And Lamar, you you kind of asked what's what's a tip to get started. I, first of all, I would say choose something you love to do. Choose something you're passionate about. And then what's the need in the marketplace? Where you at your best talent is something that really makes a difference for you. It's purposeful for you. Where can you see who do you create value for and then start trying to look at where what's the business model possible? I mean, you can go traditional businesses or we're in a period of time you can really create your own, but it needs to be positioned as a solution to your target audience's need. I love that. Solution is the, the word, the word of the day for us for our talk, just solutions. I want to dive into that last part of the, the title of the book turning uh, t- customers into raving fans. You know, the, the name of the book is Turning Teams into Heroes and Customers into Raving Fans. I'm someone who takes a lot of pride on making sure my client is happy. 
Um, I always want to make sure the customer is, you know, fully satisfied, fully guaranteed, and I like to over-deliver. And like I was telling you before we hopped on the podcast, sometimes that gets me in trouble. But, you know, my business, especially being, you know, an entrepreneur, a solo business, small business, I can't have bad reviews or I can't have clients, you know, not happy with what I'm delivering. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, for myself and anyone listening that has a business that runs a business, how do you, you know, don't give it all away because I want them to get the book. How do you turn the customers into raving fans, you know, other than working hard and giving them a good product? Certainly, um, certainly working hard and giving them a good product is, is kind of the cornerstone. As you said, the, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna say this in a couple different ways because um, I think there are a couple different components. One is that I find that most business owners mistake what their business is, and what I mean by that is they stereotype themselves. They think their business is what they sell. You know, I'm a DJ. I have a DJ company. I have a carpet cleaning company. I have a pet food store. Um, and so we tend to talk about our businesses based on what we sell, products or services. And I think your business is the value you create. Why do people buy from you? What impact do you have? Um, how do you make their life easier or better? And so when you can, you know, if, 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 if you have a store, a uh, brick and mortar that sells suits, for example, are you a suit salesperson or are you helping people feel better in their clothes, feel more confident? So the first piece is to get a better understanding of, of what business are you actually in. And if you want to, here's a tip. I like the less talk, do more. If you want a tip on how to make this a lot easier, pay attention to when your customers thank you for what you do or you go out, you're testing the market and you go out, do something for, for somebody what is it they appreciate about what you do? They're, they will tell you the why. And, and when you, you'll hear it, right? You'll hear it. We take for granted what we're doing and we take for granted the impact we have. But when you actually pull up the mirror and have your customer give back to you, what is it they really appreciate? Then you'll start to hear what business you're, you're actually in. So I, I think that's, that's a big component is, is understanding there is actually a mind shift of what business you're in. And then, you know, turning, turning uh, team into heroes and customers into raving fans, I, I go through this in real detail in the book, is what are the components to set your team up to win? Your team need to understand that it's about creating solutions, they're problem solvers, and building relationships. Not about selling. No one wants to feel sold, and no one wants to feel like they're selling. Amen. But if your problem, <laughs> right? Absolutely. And but if your problem solves, if you if you equipped your team so that their job is literally to go find out what's the need of the people coming into the business, and how can they help them? How can they offer recommendations or help them figure out what the best purchase decision for their needs are? So that literally sets them up. And the moment you create that kind of an experience, your customers are wowed. Because now it's not transactional. Someone's taking care of them. They're making them feel like a million bucks. And, and you know, they become your best marketers because of the value you're creating. That is gold. That You're dropping golden information that is so valuable. 
Um, so to move to the next point, I was on your blog, on your website, and uh, for everyone listening to the show, I will make sure I link the website, the book. You guys will know where to find everything that I'm looking at. I'm on the blog, and you have something that says, uh, a blog post called Price Versus Value. And you kind of touched on that just now, but especially for someone like me and a lot of people that listen to this podcast are, you know, videographers, photographers, or people in a creative space where it's hard to, to price, you know, what you charge. Even for me, I never, you know, when I started my wedding business in my, my company, I didn't know what to charge. And, and that's still a problem I face. You know, I'm seven years in. People, you know, people look at me in a professional at the highest level and the things I do, but I'm still struggling on, like, what's the exact number? price versus value. I think I know the value and it's like, how do you price that? So jump into that. And the, the, the blog post is called price versus value. How to never get price shopped again. Yes. Perfect. It's, 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 it's a challenge, right? You know, especially when, as an entrepreneur, we're trying to sell something into our marketplace. There, it's almost a confidence issue. I, I remember a story, um, an entrepreneur who had an, an audio visual store he had these speakers. They were really great speakers, and he'd gotten like they were, you know, end end of 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 unit sales, and he got a great deal from the wholesaler. So he put them on sale for seventy five dollars, and they didn't sell. And they're they're really they were really top notch speakers. So he kind of took them back because they weren't selling. He took them off. He changed the whole platform. He talked about you know what you know why people love these speakers. And then he put them on sale for $275, and they all sold. <laughs> so, wow, that's incredible. Right. And, and a piece of that is, you know, $75 for top-end speakers feels cheap. So I don't want cheap stuff. So there's almost there's like a mentality that goes into if something is too, too little or, you know, the pricing's too low. The other thing is if your pricing is too low, that you don't give enough yourself enough room to do everything else to actually deliver the experience you want to deliver. Um, and I'll give you an example. I, I do a custom up solutions team engagement training. So for three months, I work with a company's team. I customize all the content to their business with their team. I have live Zoom calls once a month. And at the beginning and the end, and I, once a week, there's a video training um, and engagement. And so I literally train the team because the team needs to know how to deliver the experience and solution for the business to thrive. So you need to set the team up to win. And when I was pricing this, you know, I priced it at, uh, for a team that, I, uh, you know, 30 people or less, that the pricing is $20,000. Now, I could have priced it at $10,000, but if I'd done that, I first, I put a lot of work into this and I'm, you know, passionately committed to engaging the team and I'll do whatever needs to happen in that three month period to set them up for when, including follow up. If I priced it at $10,000, um, I wouldn't have been able to do like, I'm, I'm in the process of hiring a salesperson. I couldn't do a referral fee. I literally would have hobbled myself. And I would have been frustrated. And I know that I deliver. I mean, the outcome of the training is many, many, many times. What, what, is it, what, what benefit to a, a business is it that they have higher retention of their team members, since they're the gold mine and the prof drivers, that you have more engagement with customers, you have 
you know, increased sales per customer because they become solution providers. And you have, you create raving fans and increased engagement with customers. I mean, the, the, the ROI in the training is huge. That is phenomenal. And that really touches on a point that I'm, I'm really starting to learn more, you know, the higher and higher up I go is what you just said is, you know, if you would have priced it at 10000 that, you know, to some people that, that sounds like a crazy number, but me and you both know, and anyone listening, the the twenty thousand that you're charging them is still they're going to make 20, 20 times over that if they use the information that you give them the correct way. And you know, for me selling it, I have to be selling it on the outcome, not just the team training. The team training they want to pay the lowest price possible, but. An outcome, a team engagement, that your team become your brand ambassadors or they are your brand ambassadors and they're set up to win, that ge- generates ROI, that's a no-brainer. So you, this is where you have the positioning, the outcome that you're creating, not just what, how you're doing it. I love that. I love that. And talk to me about working with different clients in, in different parts of the world. Yeah, so I'm actually in Canada, just outside of Toronto. But saying that, most of my clients for the last 20 years have been in the U.S. So I certainly do a lot of work in in all of North America, and I have also worked with some overseas. I had a um, an entrepreneur from Ireland do one of my first online programs 15 years ago, and uh, so so and you know it's it's kind of the interesting thing given that travel you know ground to a halt a year and a half ago. Um, Definitely. There's, that, there's so much more appetite. It's so easy now to connect with people all over the world. I had a conference call with somebody a month ago in Brisbane, Australia, and you know all, the biggest challenge is finding the best time. <laughs> I can only imagine. Lamar, there was there was one piece. You know, we were having a conversation around um, turning customers into raving fans, and you had made a comment about you know you want we want only good reviews. Um, one of the pieces, I think it's equally important that everyone embrace hearing complaints. And and I say okay. that because, um, you know, complaints are actually one of the most important forms of customer communication. They're very uncomfortable to hear. However, if you actually can put your customer at ease, start by just saying, thank you. Thank you for letting me know that you're unhappy. I can't do anything unless I know I so greatly appreciate that. The moment you just stop and say thank you, you put your customer at ease, you put, give yourself breathing room, and now you can engage with what went wrong and how can you fix it. Um, and the reason I say that is, is it's an interesting study after study have shown that raving fans, so you can create raving fans to your customers because they just love your business. But often, you know, really, you know, raving fans that just tell everyone is when something went wrong and how you handled it, how the business handled it and the team handled it, turn them into a raving fan. Like they literally created that better experience because of how you handled when something went wrong. That makes perfect sense. Like they went through adversity with the customer. They, you know, they were down then the business took them back up by addressing the complaint. Yes. And you found out what was true in the marketplace. Now, Listen, if it's not a target audience customer, you're not going to turn your whole business around. But if it's a target audience customer, your best fit customer, and they're telling you something they're not happy with, that's gold. 
Because without that information, you can't be positioned to be that solution provider for what they need. That is ingenious. I, you know, I need to pay you for this. I'm just going to say that on the podcast. I need to, I need to stop talking right now, get on a mentor coaching call with you, and, and just start chopping it up. Because at this point, this stuff is so valuable, and especially, you know, to someone, someone like me. You know, I'm, there's just so many things to business that, you know, I didn't go to business school, um, self-taught with photography and videography. And, you know, dealing with people, like you said, that's really the cornerstone of, you know, you need a good product. That's, you know, first and foremost. You need to treat people right. But dealing with, you know, marketing and ads and, you know, just t- just touch on that as well. Because, again, on this podcast, we're always trying to figure out how to, no matter what you want to do, reach your goals. I'm a big believer of uh, dreams aren't real. And what I mean by that is my daughter's two years old. She has a dream. It's something that, you know, happened in her head. If she sets a goal that she wants to go to Harvard, I know how to give her the steps and the roadmap where you got to do this, you got to get this on your SAT, this on your ACT. Or if you want to play sports, that helps to make Luke better. I love setting goals, and I try to discourage people from saying, I'm following my dreams. Now, I get that, you know, I get that cliche, but it's not real. A goal is real. It's obtainable. A dream is something that isn't going to happen. So talk to me about that and just, you know, how you can maneuver, you know, in that space. Um, I love that. I love the distinction you've made, Lamar, with dreams and goals. I, it's almost like the dream creates the, the drive. You know, it's, it's, it gives you your purpose and why. And if you can take a snapshot of the dream that you want to accomplish, then you can turn it into a goal because a goal is specific and measurable. And then the key from there is literally, you know, what's the game plan and how do you measure and celebrate your progress on the way to achieving your goal? For example, with your daughter who's two, if, her, if your daughter who's two has a goal to go to school in, at Harvard, you know that's a long that's a long term goal. <laughs> that, that's that's a long way off, but you know if you start early, <laughs> sure, sure. But you'll need to have some wins to celebrate along the way. Exactly. And the wins aren't necessarily achieving the best kindergarten. No, no. What what is it? What is it? What is it that has her love learning? What is it? You know that's an aha and an adventure. What is it that has her embrace school or reading or Whatever, whatever that is, you you find those pieces that you can celebrate along the way, especially when you have a a, a bigger, longer term goal. I love that. You you got to have small victories to lead up to the big ones. Your time yes. has been so valuable today. Uh, I always ask my guests to leave the people that listen to my podcast. Like I said, you know, the the, the crowd is is me and my my guests that listen to this podcast is how you how do we hit those goals? How do we take that next step? Some people listen to this podcast are still in their nine to five. They want to move out of that and take that leap of faith, but it's scary. It was scary for me when I did it, but I've been working for myself for six years. So, if there, is there any advice you can leave uh, the listeners with about? You know, just chasing, you know, trying to get that goal, trying to reach your mark. And, you know, when they do get a business, kind of how to try to take it and, and take it as far as it can go. Excellent. Absolutely. Well, um, I would say the time is now. I think we are in a golden opportunity. Everyone, every business, every person should be looking future forward. That consider the crisis as an interruption of patterns. And this is an opportunity to set new patterns. So. Where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? And use that to create a template for yourself. Break it down into, 
you know, what do you want to accomplish this year? And quarter by quarter, you know, what are the action steps to take? And and this is what you're not locking yourself in. You're the author of what you're creating. So as you learn new things, um, you can adjust. You know, it's almost like, Lamar, you made a comment that, you know, you didn't go to school to be in business. Well, most business owners actually haven't. Um, the best entrepreneurial school of success is to set a goal and then lean in and take the actions you know to take based on what you know today and adjust. You celebrate the wins and you learn the lessons from what doesn't work. If the things that don't work is your school, what are you learning from each experience? And that's what you put into place to reach your goal. And that's what will create a bigger, regardless of what you want to accomplish next, if you embrace what's not working as lessons that are guiding you to what you want, what you need to know, what you need to do in order to reach your goals, and have grace with yourself in the process, I think the sky's the limit. What do you want to do? That is phenomenal. I Man, I cannot thank you enough for everything that you shared, every single piece of you know, wisdom, everything that you said on this podcast, the list for you guys listening, you got you got to hold on to this type of stuff because you took the time out of your day to give me 30 minutes. We had a little hiccup when we started this podcast, but you were patient with me. So I really appreciate everything you've done and everything you've said. And then let people know where they can find you and how they can connect with you. Absolutely, Lamar. First of all, thank you so much. It was a, a real pleasure to, to be on um, Less Talk, More Do, your podcast with you. So the easiest way, I'm certainly on all social media platforms, but pattymara.com is my website, P-A-T-T-I-M-A-R-A.com. And uh, Lamar, we have a special link for your for your listeners. If you go to pattymara.com forward slash less talk more do, I've actually got a podcast resource page, information on the book, a tool you can download, and more ways to connect. I love it. You guys heard that. You heard it first. You guys are getting hooked up. I will have that link in the show notes. Patty, thank you so much for your time, and I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much, Lamar.